You're listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To learn more about the Collective Church in Portland, Oregon, and Vancouver, Washington, visit us online at thecollectivechurch.com. Hey, praise report. I want to honor you all and honor this church and, and say good job. We just sent another check for $25,000 to Mountain Gateway. We are, I'm telling you, we are making huge chunks for the $300,000 that we're going to buy the land, build the orphanage, and see lots and lots of kids rescued in Jesus' name. Amen? We already have, there's already nine, nine kids since we've started giving, nine kids that have been rescued. And, um, and, we, and, and we're just in a leased house right now. We have a house for one year, a one-year lease while we're um, purchasing the land and we're building. And I told the service, I asked the service last week if we should get a thermometer to see where we're at in the, in the 300,000. And everyone was like way excited about it. Maybe a construction paper one, maybe a flannel board one. Um, that would be exciting. But we are, we are well over $100,000 has already been given so far. And so I just, good job, church. Good job, church. While simultaneously we, we have had opportunity to give to some other, um, we just had an opportunity to give towards an app um, that this Messenger International has made free. And what, what this app is being used for is for pastors that have no training um, in parts of the world where they're um, either training materials have not been translated into their language yet. So we just, we were just able to, to give as a church to that so that pastors and churches have discipleship material in their own language. And we get to be a part of that. Isn't that amazing? Like, like you don't understand. No, you, you would be clapping a lot more if you understood, you don't understand. Uh, and here's, here's the deal. Do you, do you realize that when you give that you're not giving to a church that you're actually giving to Jesus? And I'm not saying that we're Jesus. I'm saying that when it, when it leaves your hand, it's actually not going to an organization, but it goes to Jesus. There's a kingdom transaction that happens. I, I'm just telling you right now, there's a, there's a kingdom transaction that happens. And Ray Bolts, how many remember Ray Bolts? He, he sang a song way back in the day that was, thank you for giving to the Lord. For I am a life that was changed. Hit it. I want to sing it right now. We're going to do a special. Then another man stood before you, said, remember the time. Anyways, um, I still remember it. Um, sorry. They turned they turn my mic off. Okay, we'll have a meeting later this week. Don't worry about that. Uh, so, um, but, but when we enter eternity, listen to me. When we enter eternity, we're going to have people coming up to us and saying, thank you for giving to the Lord. Thank you for helping train me. That we, and we're like, wait, how did I do that? It was in our generosity and our, our obedience to give. So we don't get hung up on, on hear me, there's, there's a razor's edge here. Because we are, and you can ask Pastor Bob, very, very, what we want to be very diligent with the finances. Amen. And very, very open and honest and, and handle everything with integrity. There's a fine line, even if you've given in the past and maybe you're like suspicious of, an, of another organization or an, another church or, or, or maybe you, you gave and you're like, well, listen, 
you were actually giving to Jesus. There was actually a kingdom exchange that happened. And that means that you have seed in the ground. There's good seed in the ground. And, and I've heard Bob say before, he says, I, I don't, and, and Jenny said, I, I don't regret, we don't regret any of the money that we have ever given because it's seed in the ground. And it's seed that's, that's sown in the soil of the kingdom. So we've got to just take man out of the equation. We give and we, we understand that it's, it's entering into the hands of Jesus. But I just tell you right now that we are doing, we're doing big things. We're doing really big things. Um, I'm excited for what we're about to start doing with foster care and with adoption care with the collective church. And we're going to have more information for you on that. Also, if you are involved in any crisis pregnancy center, and I, so we know that people in this in this church are volunteering in other places. Like we have somebody that helps volunteer it with love, a foster care program and they help. Uh, and they actually want to start a team from this church going in there. But if you know of, or have connections with any um, crisis pregnancy centers, please let us know so that we can partner with them and with you. So uh, we have the honor this morning of my forever pastor, pastor Mike Rose is with us. And, and I had the privilege of, well, I have the privilege of knowing him for 42 years. And I can tell you that he's a man of integrity. I can tell you that he's the real deal. I can tell you that he is steady and steadfast and they're in their young sixties, my, my parents, and they are going strong in ministry. And what's cool is, um, the excitement for what God is doing. And I love that. Like retirement is not on their minds. It might be on my mom's mind a little bit more than my dad's retirement and RV. Those, those things might be on her mind, but I'm joking. Um, to say, Oh, are your parents still pastoring? People ask me all the time. Are your parents still pastoring? I said, yes. And they're still excited and they still feel like they have a lot more to give and their best days are ahead of them. So grab onto that. And I had the privilege of, of working with my dad for 13 years, being on staff with him. And I, I had to submit to him on three different levels. He was my pastor, my father, and my boss. And those lines got blurred sometimes, and it was difficult sometimes, but it was one of the best seasons of my life and one of the most special seasons of my life. And, and we grew in a, in a bond of working together and ministering together and also being friends together. That, that that's super special. And so I just want you to welcome, um, first service was amazing and there was some really prophetic things that were spoken over the collective church. So just open your heart to what God has to say for us this morning. Would you help me in welcoming pastor Rose? It's such a privilege to be here, and uh, I would just like for all of you to come to Juneau, Alaska for a special something sometime. Wouldn't that be fun? Come on, let's do it. Uh, Pastor Ben will be organizing the trip, and uh, he will do a great job. Wow, it's, it's a, a joy to see you. You're, you know, you're a beautiful bunch of people. I mean, you really are. I mean that sincerely. And uh, I love, I love, love, love being here. And I love your family, the family 
the collective family. And uh, you bless me. And my coach is here this morning, Coach Debbie. She coached me for, for the book Untangled. And uh, love you, Debbie. Appreciate you. You're awesome. Give her, give her a hand. Release the book. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, hopefully August. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're pretty much done with it. We're just doing all the other stuff that has to be done. And uh, so anyway, there's a kinship between our churches. And, uh, you know, JCC, General Christian Center, uh, we've been pastoring General Christian Center for 35 years in December. And uh, they have not found a way to get rid of me. So I'm, I'm still there. No, but I really, this, this might sound like a cliche, but I feel like we're just getting started with some of the greatest things that we'll ever see. And so I, I, retirement is not on the radar, as my son has shared. And uh, it's really cool because we're really, we've been close for a long time you know, 42 years. And uh, sometimes they thought we were brothers, but um, <laughs> I really enjoyed that a couple times. I just got to be honest with you. But Ben and Heather are amazing. And Bob and Jenny are amazing. So you've got great leaders here and, and they are to be honored, seriously honored. So Ben, Ben was just, I was on a fishing, uh, a ministry trip. Uh, it really was, a, it was a fishing ministry trip because it was for Chi Alpha College a Ministry. And they're tearing it up in Alaska. I just got to tell you, they are tearing it up. God's doing amazing things. They're actually training. Listen to this. They're training these disciples while they're in school. They're discipling them. They're going out and teaching in the villages of Alaska. It's brilliant. And these people are, are amazing at developing disciples. And so... It's just awesome. So I, I was on that trip, and while I was on that trip, Ben was coming from one of their one of their their journeys from preaching in another state. And uh, Danny said, "You know, come on, Ben, come preach in Juno. Your dad's gone." And uh, anyway, he comes in, and everybody's like, "Oh wow, Ben's the greatest ever! Wow, he's awesome!" It's like, yeah. What about us, though? You know, it's like, what about us? No, we we love we love his ministry. He's he is uh is an awesome. He and Heather are awesome people of God. Hallelujah. So by the way, um, I don't know if, whether you heard this, but before I tell you what I'm about to tell you, we're going to pray because I believe the Holy Spirit has something for you. He definitely had something for us in the first service, but he definitely has something for you in the second service. Okay. All right. Are you convinced? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we are, we are absolutely dependent on you for uh, the giving and the receiving of the word today. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are faithful and our hearts are hungry and we want to press into you and everything that you have for us. And we thank you for that, Holy Spirit, today. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. I want to talk to you about kingdom honor today. And uh, the Supreme Court, you probably realize, made a big decision recently to overturn Roe versus Wade. And uh, babies are going to be saved because of this. We're going to continue to pray, ask you to pray and believe for the states to come into alignment with the national decision. Uh, we thank God for his mercy to our nation. But can I tell you, God is merciful to our nation to have allowed that for that period of time, 60 million babies. And the way that God honors, he's so honoring of life. He's the author. Jesus is the author of life. And I'm so thankful for what, what God and his mercy and his grace to us. And, and you know, Quite frankly, I am super thankful that my mom chose to give me birth. Super thankful. And uh, there's no condemnation, folks. Because so many women have, were in a place and, and were vulnerable and, and, need, and just looking for a way out. And I'm, a, I'm here to tell you that, that God will even restore that relationship, even aborted babies with their mothers in the kingdom of God. That's a, that's a fact. I'm telling you right now. So we have this merciful God. I love what Jeremiah said. That God told Jeremiah in Je Jeremiah 1, 4 through 5. God said, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Think about that for a second. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. I believe it's time as Americans that we protect the unborn and the prophets that God is calling even before they have come from the mother's womb. What's interesting about this is in December of 2021, Miles Kilby received a word from God that Roe v. Wade would be overturned in 2022, which is interestingly enough, he got the word in December of 2021 and he preached and he prophesied for, for six months that Roe v. Wade was going to be overturned and that there would be a national, great national revival. Like we, I mean, we're talking like the third great awakening. So this is, this is the precursor getting the curse off the nation because there has been a curse upon our nation and it has impeded the progress of his church. Now, Miles Kilby, I don't know how old he is. He looks like he might be 27. He's a young guy. And I thought the first time I heard it, this guy, I thought, this is gutsy. I mean, this guy is out there on a limb. Either it's, you know, it's going to happen or you're a false prophet. <laughs> right? We don't stone him anymore. No worries. But this is the, the verse 4210. It says, and the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed. The Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Folks, I believe this. I believe, and I'm convinced of it, that what's about to happen is not going to be twice. I mean, we're talking multiplied, exponential growth, revival. And this is what Miles, you know, he talked about this turnaround. And 
he said that the revival is going to take the seven mountains of influence. You've probably heard those terms, the seven mountains of influence. Well, interestingly enough, the enemy has actually really camped out on just about all of those mountains. And we are fighting against what they're doing to the family, to religion, to education, business, arts and entertainment, media and government that has been against the Christian way against the kingdom of God. But listen to this, a massive wave. He said this, a massive wave of truth, justice, and righteousness will sweep across our nation. How many of you have many times watched the news and thought, this is terrible. Somebody's got to go to jail. Somebody needs to be in the pokey. But it doesn't happen. And you go like, what is there? Two tiers of justice? You know, you you break the law. You're going you're gonna to pay. If you're at this other level, you just seem to be able to skip right out and get out of it. It's coming. A wave of righteousness and justice. Hallelujah. And thankfully, there's still going to be mercy and grace, folks. <laughs> because we're going to see this wave of, of signs, wonders, and miracles sweeping the nation. Oh, yeah. And we need to focus that multitudes of souls are in the valley of decision. The hearts and souls are about to be harvested. People, stadiums packed, massive tent revivals. Stadium is being filled with people preaching the gospel and seeing people getting saved. That's going to take place. Supernatural acceleration beyond anything that we've ever walked in. And from this, the judgment on the principalities and powers that have been bringing, have brought such shame to this nation and bondage to so many people. That curse is broken off in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, the Bible says that righteousness in Proverbs 14, 34, that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And in the last 50 years, America has experienced a foundational earthquake that has radically altered the leadership of our country. Cultural paradigms shift into a place where the American family was under attack. Uh, gender lines were totally blurred. In fact, there's even a transgender Barbie now. Now, understand, we love everyone. We love everyone, no matter what the sin, no matter what the bondage, no matter where they're at. But we're concerned when these people are going after our children and trying to take our children and saying, hey, uh, trans is cool. If you want to be cool, be trans. It's wrong. And, uh, you know, the suicide among transgender youth indicates that 80, 82% of transgender individuals have considered killing themselves. And 40% have attempted suicide. Now, I, was, I, I really felt the Lord gave me a word earlier in the service. There was someone in the first service that was t contemplating suicide. I, I really felt that. Interestingly enough, I gave that word. And then... Ben gets a text from our church in Juneau, Alaska, that one of one of our people tried to commit suicide. And so let me just tell you this, because I'm not saying I got a word about this, this group, you know, of anyone in this in this in the church today. 
this afternoon. But that's a spirit. It's a spirit. And we've got to take authority over that spirit. It is a spirit of destruction. And if that ever comes to your mind or anything else that is deviant or away from the word of God, you need to just take authority over it in Jesus' name. You need to say, in Jesus' name, go from my life. I want nothing to do with you. And then begin to build yourself up in your faith. Build yourself up in the word of God. Speak. When, you, when you're being bombarded with thoughts, and I've talked to some young people being bombarded with, well, you know, I, I think I'm a homosexual. Why, why do you think that? It just keeps coming to my mind. Take authority over it. Take authority over it. In Jesus' name. We are fighting a battle, folks. We are fighting a battle. We're in a spiritual battle. I don't know if you're prepared for your next doctor visit, but many patients are being asked about their self-identity as to their sexual orientation and gender identity. Identity. On these intake forms that they have, doctors also may ask you if you have a gun in your house. And, and you really can just say, well, you know, really, that's none of your business, doc. <laughs> Do you, do you have a gun in your house? <laughs> do you have uh, good insurance and protection? You have the rollover insurance for your SUV. You don't want them. They don't need to be nosing in there. Why do you think that Arizona healthcare chain is allowing 12-year-olds to hide their medical information from their parents? In a recent email to employees on what's called Honor Health, announces changes to adolescent MyChart access. So as of 6-23-2022, children ages 12 through 17 can create their own medical accounts and revoke their parents' access. I'm just here to tell you today that that is anti-family. That is anti-Christ. And listen, where we're going as a nation, we're moving out of that. Come on, get that in your heart and mind. We're getting out of that ditch. The enemy, the way he's, reason he's doing what he's doing is because he knows his time is limited and he is about to be expelled in Jesus' name. The powers of darkness are being stripped in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's, he's on the way out. He's getting the left foot of fellowship, by the way. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you about people of honor. I want to talk to you about honor. Honor is huge. I mean, this is huge. Uh, young people, get, this, get these principles while you're young because it will take you far into life. It will benefit you at every level of your life. You see, honor is one of the greatest attributes of nobility in the entire Bible. When the kingdom is present inside of us, honorable behavior comes naturally to us. And we... We give honor to all people, not because they deserve it, but because we have an honorable, we're honorable citizens of the king, Jesus. And when we walk, walk in our royal call, because you, you realize that our call is a royal call in God. Our life is not determined by our temporal environment. It is determined by the eternal environment on the inside of us. You see, because we have the spirit of almighty God living on the inside of us. 
And we have the power of the Holy Spirit when we come into agreement with what God says is true about us. So when God says you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, you say, amen, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. When God says you're more than a conqueror, you say, I'm more than a conqueror. When God says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, that's true. You say that. You come into agreement. You see, that's where faith is released is when you and I, in the midst of whatever we're going through, we say, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I'm not going to be depressed. I'm not going to be distressed. I've got the power of God on the inside of me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper in Jesus' name. I am more than a conqueror through him. Amen? Whenever we treat people honorably, even if they refuse to honor us, we demonstrate that we have a standard within us that is not dictated by the people around us. You're a kingdom asset in God. And it doesn't mean that we agree with the people that we're necessarily honoring. It just, it means we understand that they are to be honored because they were made in the likeness of God, the image and the likeness of God. There's a lot of people that are far, far away from that. Exodus 20, 12 says, honor your father and uh, mother and father so that your life will be prolonged. And it's important to note the relationship between honor, long life. My mom, uh, her dad, my grandfather told me he believes one of the reasons that he was thriving until age 92 was because he really honored his parents. He said, I didn't sass my parents. And uh, my mom, amazing, amazing woman of God. I honor her today. She just passed away a couple weeks ago. But she, she, she led me to the Lord, you know, at six years of age, watching Billy Graham on TV. She said, Mike, you want to receive Jesus as your Savior? I said, sure do. Prayed the prayer, felt Jesus come into my life. But, and I tell you, my parents were such a, you know, they went through a kind of a, a rough patch for a little while, but they came out of it. And I mean, their marriage was wonderful. They had a wonderful marriage. They loved each other so much. They were great the servants in the church. I mean, they served in their church. They were a greeters and they took it seriously. And they came to the prayer before that. And they had their Sunday best on. My mom always uh, regretted that we moved away from the really fancy suits and ties and all that stuff. And I was just like, mom, I don't think they're coming back. <laughs> Don't think we can do anything about this, mom. But she was such an amazing lady and uh, just such a nurturer and uh, raised us to love Jesus. And my, and my dad as well. They, I mean, they were givers too. Man, they gave. They tied to the church. They were given to all these ministries outside. And one time, one of the ministries, uh, it was PTL. Some of you might know, know what that is. Jim Baker. And, and that was exposed and there was some corruption involved and everybody knew about it. And uh, somehow my dad got interviewed by some national syndicate and they said, well, you gave to that ministry. My dad said, yeah. And uh, he said, no, aren't you angry because you found out there was some corruption in that ministry? He said, no, we gave that to God. 
We gave that to God and we have, we have no bitterness toward that ministry. Wow. That was just something that I heard someone else say this morning. We gave it to God. So I had the privilege, my mom, uh, 80, she was, she would have been 84 in July 28th. And, uh, she, she fell and she had some things happen. She, her vitals were great, but what, whatever happened in the fall that she had, it, it, my sister said, you need to come home, Mike. Well, it was really interesting because I had not been to Mother's Day with my mom for probably 30 years. I mean, I, I go visit her, but Mother's Day is kind of like this big thing for preachers and churches. And so I always was somewhere else would send my gifts to my mom, you know, in Idaho. And so we got there and I was able to be there for six days while she was in the process of passing. And she was still very highly alert when we got there. And on, on Mother's Day, on Mother's Day, I didn't share this with the first service, so you can just tell them, hey, we heard some stuff you never did. You didn't hear about this. It was amazing. You missed it. So I, my, I'm, I'm by her bedside, and my mom was just, she's laying there, and she was just praising God, you know, praise you, Jesus, praise you, Father. And she just kept praising, and then she, she said, joy, joy, joy. And I thought, what's all this joy about, Mom? <laughs> and then all of a sudden she said, she said, it's true, it's true. <sighs> Everything they said about heaven. <laughs> it's true, it's true. She kept saying it. I said, Mom. And my sister came in, my, other, my older sister came in and said, Mom, what are you seeing? She said, I'm seeing heaven. You know, I really thought I could do this without emotion. But um, so it was so cool because I said, what do you see now, Mom? She said, it's a, it's a mansion. And she, I don't think she knew it was hers at the time. <laughs> she's describing this mansion to us. Uh, she's got her eyes closed. And, and I said, Mom, what else are you seeing? A little bit. This lasted about 25 minutes. And we were just like, oh, our loved ones. And she, then, she was naming off people from our family. And some of them I thought, oh, I didn't think they were going to make it. I don't know. <laughs> Kind of surprised, you know what I mean? It's like somebody must have got to him in time. I don't know. And and then she goes, "Oh, I see Nancy and her sister." And and I'm thinking, okay, cool. My my cousin, I had just did her did part of her memorial service. I come just prior to that and did my cousin's memorial service. And her sister, and I'm going like, sister, what sister? It was so cool because she saw the sister because that little, uh, the baby, her, her baby sister died right after birth. But how awesome. And, and I said, 
Mom, anyone with gray hair up there? She says, no. <laughs> They're all, they all look young. And, um, and then, <sighs> and she said, I said, what are you seeing now, mom? And she was just like, that's she. She said, I see Jesus. You know what's crazy is there is a welcoming group that comes. And, and my mom didn't pass for another four days. But the welcoming group was there. You see, time, time isn't the same there as it is here. So it's really different. And so I said, Mom, is, is Jesus talking to you right now? She goes, no, he's, right now he's talking to the whole group. And, and he was just talking to the whole group that was there. And uh, this, uh, another time I said, what, what do you see now, Mom? She said, well, there's angels. They're all they're all the angels are all over. They're, they're beautiful. And as really something, she, then she was looking at her mansion. Because she, she and I mean, you got to understand, she was not opening her eyes this entire time. And then she starts singing, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. <laughs> she just starts singing it out. And I'd never heard her sing that song. But she's singing, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never grow old. Someday yonder, I'll never more wander, but walk on streets of pure gold. She talked about the streets. She talked about seeing those loved ones. And it was so funny because Debbie and I were going like, Mom, tell them we miss them. <laughs> Mom, tell them we love them. And she's just like, she's in heaven. But she, I mean, what a gift. I can almost get emotional over that. But I thought, how awesome! Uh, what what a, what an amazing Mother's Day, you know? You know, get to have a our own little tour of heaven. <laughs> and then six days later, she was getting labored in her breathing, and my my niece said, my niece said, Michelle, when her sister, my niece, my niece Michelle passed, she was about forty years old. She had had Huntington's chorea. A ravaging disease, and but he, but Stephanie, my my niece, she said just before Michelle passed, she opened her eyes. Eyes were closed the whole time until just before she passed. Boom, they're open. She sings something, and it's over. And that's exactly right after my niece said that to me. What do you know? My mom's eyes just went. Both open, wide open. She's looking and seeing something, and then she's gone. Boom. I watched her breathe her last. And, and I, said, I thought, man, this is like people waiting, you know, to, to give birth, you know, giving birth. And on the outside, there's all these people, come on, come on, he's coming out, coming out. So excited. And in heaven, that's what they're doing. They're going, she's here, she's here. A life well lived. 
is such a wonderful gift to yourself for all eternity, 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 eternity. It's forever and ever and ever and ever. One life to live will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Well, I was not planning on going there. But everything else, folks, everything else is just stuff. It's just stuff. It's stuff. What really, really, really matters is that you are in right relationship with Jesus Christ. And you don't have to be perfect because he was perfect. He loves you so much. And this place is called heaven. I was talking to one of my friends. I said, this is what my mom said. It's true. It's true. It's really true. He said, that's my, like my uncle Bernard said the same thing. Only uncle Bernard, he, he, he had, they, they were all, you know, singing and beside his bed and he's all trying to die. And, and then all of a sudden Bernard just sits up and goes, it's true. It's true. It's all true. And down he goes, <laughs> It's like he got the snapshot and then he was out. <laughs> so my friends, you can quote me on this. It's true. It's true. Everything they said about heaven is true. It's true. I got to tell you just about, I, I don't want to take too much of your time this morning, I hope. And then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now, behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich, and he sought to see who Jesus was. But he could not because of the crowd, for he was a short stature. So he ran ahead, climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received, he received him joyfully. Then all the people, but when they all saw it, they, they all complained saying he's gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Now, the beautiful thing about this story, and if you, I, I remember looking up this word Zacchaeus, and it actually means in the original language, it means pure, innocent one. And see, he was a turncoat. Zacchaeus was a turncoat. He was a traitor to his own people. The way he got rich was he took more than what Rome gathered. And so he would actually, he was oppressive toward people and taking their money. He was not a kind man. But he came into a place of hunger for Jesus. And this is so important, hunger, having a hunger. And so he was hungry and he actually was willing to do something that, that really was not dignified for a man of his stature. He climbed up a tree and he had a long robe on 
And Jesus did the unthinkable for the crowd as he called Zacchaeus, innocent one, pure one. <laughs> thinking, yeah, that, that Jesus doesn't know that guy at all. But he knew his name and he called him by name. And here's the beautiful thing is that Jesus honored the man that was the least likely to receive honor. But Jesus saw him prophetically. He saw who he was going to become. And so Jesus called him into his destiny. And Zacchaeus came and joyfully. And, and you know, here's the thing. Paul says, don't you realize that it's the goodness of God that brings us to repentance? It's not, it's not that preaching out on the sidewalk where people are going like, you are all a bunch of sinners. I was, I was there in Juneau in the park recently, and there's a guy who's online, talks about how he goes and preaches in public. I'm just telling you, he, might, he can be preaching in public, but nobody was really listening to this guy. They tuned him out because he was telling them, and all the sin and blah, 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 and you were God's angry. And I'm thinking, dear God, shut your mouth. You are, you're, you're just barking up the wrong trees here. You're scaring people out of the kingdom, not bringing them in. The goodness of God brings us to repentance. Not, not this condemnation. And here's, here's the beautiful thing. Is that Zacchaeus became a philanthropist. He said, I, I give half of my goods away. Half of all that I have. I, and I, if I've stolen anything from anyone, I'm going to give them four times as much. And Jesus said, today, <laughs> salvation has come. For he too is a son of Abraham. So he was a Jewish man robbing his own people who found mercy and he became a divine philanthropist for the kingdom of God. That's what the kingdom of God's about. It's about an honor system. It's about scouts honor. It's about God knowing exactly where you're at and loving you exactly where you are right now. Even though you're not where you really want to be, maybe you're not where you should be, but he loves you right now. And he's gracious. He's merciful. He's long suffering. He loves you beyond your wildest dreams. I just want to encourage you this morning. Are we done? How much time do I have? Do I have five minutes? Oh, yeah. Oh, all, all five. Okay. You guys heard him. It's so easy to get offended. And God's, God has actually called us to be deliberate about forgiving and releasing people. So we need to, we need to get good at this, folks. Because people will will do things that are, are just not right. It's not right. And you you get offended and pretty soon you're building up these walls to protect yourself. And before long, you find out that these walls are actually prison walls, keeping you from being able to experience the fullness of God and his life. And and in the hometown, they just Matthew says when he'd come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty acts? And they got offended. They were offended. I don't understand that. I mean, part of me is like, hey, just 
get over it and realize he's doing some mighty things and, and, and get on board here. But they were offended. It makes it very egregious, shocking, appalling. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there. I want you to notice it didn't say he didn't want to. It didn't say he could have, should have, would have. It said he could not do any mighty works there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and, they, and healed them. And Jesus did this. He marveled because of their unbelief. He was, I mean, he marveled. He thought, how can these people be so closed? Have you met some of those people? You try to witness to them and it's just like, not interested. You could there do no mighty works. So lack of honor, lack of honor can hinder, impede our progress in God. If we don't honor people. See, a lot of people are not honorable, but we can honor them because we're honorable. And because we have the resources of the kingdom of God on the inside of us that we can bless people even when they're not blessing us. Do you realize that one of the greatest ways to get out of bitterness and offense is to begin to pray for people that have been ugly and stinky toward you? I've got some good experience of being in offenses that came, came my way, big time. I mean, seriously, seriously. And sometimes I lashed out in my preaching. There was, there was one time I lashed out for a while because they were trying to take, we were in the midst of revival and God was healing and saving. And some people were offended because supernatural things were happening. And I remember just being angry. And later one, one gal from the church, really quiet, sweet lady, she says, you know, Pastor, when you start talking about those bad people, <laughs> a long time ago, by the way, a long time ago, when you start talking about those bad people, I started wondering if I was one of them. I said, you were. No. <laughs> no, but see, what happened was, she said, but then that love came over you and you began to, you loved us. I thought I was really anointed, really, seriously. But I was really angry. Maybe a little anointed. But there's something supernatural. There's something supernatural about breaking through when someone's not blessing you that you're blessing them. I'm telling you that that just that is so free. It's like you don't have to like me. That's okay. Hey, I got used to people not some people not liking me. And I have through the years, God has put me on trails that were kind of blazing new trails. And man, you get shot at a lot when you start going out of the status quo. And I've had a lot of that fun. But pretty soon you just get to the place where you go like, hallelujah, God, you're, you're awesome. And I'm, I'm enjoying your awesomeness. And, and if somebody else doesn't like me, they're missing out because I'm a really nice guy. I'm, I'm, I'm just being funny right now, right? But I, I, I love the fact that we don't have to be bent or bitter because someone is ugly toward us. Isn't that great? You can just shake it off, shake it off. 
Amen. Slap their face. <laughs> no. Just kidding. Shake it off. Uh, so you're you're not thermometers, folks, you're thermostats. You set you set the atmosphere of your life. Don't start, don't tell me, well, you they made me so mad. No, they didn't make you mad. You took you, that was your choice. Well, they made me. So different. No, they, they didn't make you depressed. You chose to be depressed. You chose that reaction. But you're setting the thermostat, and you're going to do it by praise. You're going to do it by thanksgiving. You're going to do it by pressing in. You know what you're going to do? You're going to do it because the Word of God is on the inside of you. And when you, when you have these things happen, you're speaking the Word over your life. And say, this is who I am. And I, I forgive you. I, I forgive you and I release you from my judgment. We had a person take about $180,000 out of our church. We're still paying on that puppy. Yeah. Tried to blame someone else. There were a few times I had thoughts. were not nice thoughts. But you know what? I'm not going to let my life be ruined because of someone else's bringing pain my way because I'm, I'm going to get I'm going to get touched and healed and over it and I'm going to bless them and I'm going to pray for them amen isn't that good an offended Christian is like one who takes in life but because of fear and anger cannot give out life I know Christians that they can't they can't witness anyone they can't share they can't enjoy their life because they're still angry at what happened to them 20 years ago Three words, get over it. Get over it. Don't 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 stay in offense. You know, and, and the more the closer you are, relatives and things like that, inheritances. I'm glad there's no never any problems with inheritances, isn't it? Amazing. Proverbs 18, 19 says, A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a castle. So you can get trapped behind the walls of a fence, like a prison. And then we can use so much energy just trying to stay, to keep away from people that could possibly hurt us. At that point, fear moves in and becomes bondage in your life. Sea of Galilee flows it's actually 700 feet below sea level, but it still flows into the Dead Sea. And that, the Sea of Galilee, there's fish there. And, and I've, I've eaten St. Peter's fish there. Some of you have been to Israel. You ate the fish. It really does not taste anywhere as good as Alaska salmon, just, just to tell you. Kind of muddy tasting, actually. But, you know, ate the fish is what you do when you're at the Sea of Galilee. But there's fish and it's going fresh water. Life is flows into the Dead Sea. But when it gets to the Dead Sea, every, it dies. 32, 35% of the Dead Sea is salt. And you can't even sink there. You float. You can read the newspaper and float and not even get the paper wet. I'm serious. And if you want, you can do the backstroke because you're on top of the water and go really fast. I know that from experience. Would you stand with me this morning? 
if you give out, if you receive and give out, you can be like a sea of life. You can be like the Sea of Galilee because it has input, but it also has a place to release. You know what's really amazing is that the Dead Sea is the lowest place on planet Earth. You know what that means? The water doesn't have anywhere to go. There's no outlet. There's no release. It's the lowest place on planet Earth. 1,400 feet below sea level. God wants you to be like the Sea of Galilee. Hallelujah. How many want to be like the Sea of Galilee? Life, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. Life, peace. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you right now for this time together. We thank you for your blessing. We give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Um, last service uh, Pastor Ben came up and said Dad I believe God's got a prophetic word that you're going to share with the body and uh, it's he never puts me on the spot so that was good but as soon as I turned and, and immediately what I saw is I saw this church because he said, you know, I believe God's given you a word for our church. And I said, and he said, uh, he handed it to me. And I saw this huge field of wheat that was up and it was white and it was ripe. And it was, it was like, you know, you see those pictures and the, the wind goes across and, the, and it just waves, the waves of the wheat. And the, the word that the Lord spoke to my heart about this church is that this, this church is getting ready for a mighty, mighty harvest. You remember what Jesus said? <laughs> Pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. And my friends, I believe this. This church, I, I sense such a, a, a level of maturity. In this church, I do. I sense a, a level. I, I shared that God had given me a word about 30 years ago, and I asked the Lord. I was in prayer. I was in fasting, and I just said, Lord, why aren't we not seeing the move of God that you spoke to us about yet? He said this. He said, there are not, there are not enough fathers in the house. Not enough fathers in the house. I actually started a training called FIT, Fathers in Training. <laughs> But the thing is, when there's a harvest, we, we lived in North Dakota. I mean, we know what harvest time is. They don't come to church during harvest. They don't sleep much during harvest. Why? You got to get it in before the rain comes or the hail comes. You get it in. It's ripe. If you don't get it in in time, you lose your harvest. And I believe this. I believe God wants you to press in with a sense of purpose, a sense of urgency because of what's about to happen in our nation and what's going to bring in a huge harvest. But we have to have laborers who will come and stand in the gap and pray and speak and believe. 
we need to have believers ready to help other believers, to disciple, to be able to say, hey, just watch how I live. And that's what you need to do. Watch how I live. And then you can live that way. I mean, I think that's pretty gutsy. <laughs> watch how I live. Because that's what they're going to do. They're going to watch how you live. Go like, I thought we were, the preacher said you were supposed to be doing that. <laughs> but we do it as unto the Lord. Right? So, Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for a harvest coming. We thank you that the harvest is ripe in our nation, in our city, in this church. And we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your love today. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ. And God, we ask that you will imprint upon each heart how awesome and how loving and kind you are to them. Imprint it within their hearts who they are, what they have, and what you've called them to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To find out more, visit thecollectivechurch.com.